I don't like being comfortable, I guess I should say that. So I always, when I get to one milestone, I'm like, well, that was kind of easy. Let's think bigger. I like, um, I think you posted about the 10x rule. Mm -hmm. I think of that as like a smaller scale sometimes. So at this age, you can only do so much. All right. Welcome back to the Mac podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship, business, real estate. We always challenge like the conventional thinking. Guys, if you're tired of following the same old advice and want to learn how to break free from the herd, create some success in business, real estate, no matter what, uh, you guys have tuned in to the right channel. Um, guys, I don't have any ads on this. Um, if you can subscribe, share it with somebody that maybe will get some value from this. I have packed a punch full of information in this that can be very impactful if you're in your 20s. Uh, so I'm super excited about this one. Um, guys in studio, I have a, a guy that's actually playing for a D1 football team. He, uh, he's on his way to getting his master's degree. He's also a fitness trainer. He owns a business, a lawn mowing business. Uh, he's buying and holding real estate all at the age of 22. Um, guys, somehow he gets everything uh, done and made a little bit of time for me today to come to the studio uh josh welcome to the podcast man yeah thanks for having me yeah um so you got a lot of stuff going on for 22 years old i (laughs) a lot of stuff um what uh i mean talk about kind of a little bit about your day like like you're you're mowing and 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 we're in north dakota you're playing football you're training uh, what does all that look like? like? Yeah, for sure. So majority of my days start at 5 a.m. We have to wake up pretty early to get our lift in. Okay. We go straight from lift or run to lift in the weight room. Always doing a little extra after. Get home around 9, so about four hours of my day are straight football. Um, after that, go home, eat, go right to the mowers, whether it be with someone or solo. If it's solo, it's a longer day. Like I said, I'm in a master's program, so it starts at 6 p.m., so I have to get all my mowings done by six and then at that time six to ten school so packed day that's insane so how do you like this football thing never like you don't get breaks right like is there like the season ends and there's like a two weeks off or something and you recollect or what yeah i think it's like a mandatory week off um after that it's like optional lifts um but i mean if you want to be great and go to the next level you almost have to be there so oh words wisdom yeah i the optional is just the tease to see the guys that don't want to come back or or you know whatever not going to work out as hard um i always like when they put the word optional in there because then it's like uh then you have to go after and get it right yeah um so 5 a.m where where are you going what are you doing the hpc the pollard center uh inside we have a great facility in there okay so wake up at around 5 or 5 30 uh mandatory run at six so we do a lot of uh, three days a week is like sprints, plyometrics, conditioning. And then after that, we go right to the weight room. Uh, one day a week is straight weight room at 7 a.m. And then the th- Wednesday is going to be yoga. So just a little bit of mobility to make sure we stretch out all of our muscles. Yeah, I've, uh, I've done some yoga and I figured out I'm not mobile. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've turned 35 now, so I'd stay, stay with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my wife got in me, some like hot yoga class and then uh, watched me struggle and laugh at me a little yeah. bit, you know, it's like, it's like, thanks honey. I appreciate you for letting me in on hot yoga. I did feel good. I was tested. Like my heart rate was really high because I, it's like painful that I'm not flexible, <laughs> like yeah. to hold these weird positions. It's like, I don't know. 
I, I think it's really good. I yeah, mean, it's very humbling for sure. Yeah. What? Uh, so when you go there in the mornings, is there a trainer like up in your face? Like, or like, I mean, you got to have coaches that are, I mean, they're paid to freaking train you guys, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we have uh, Coach Bockle is our head strength coach, and he's okay. always there. Very high-intensity guy, blaring the music, yelling, whistling in your ear. So it's it's some intense stuff. I mean, everyone loves it. It's high energy. Mostly no one's there just, like, slacking. We're all, like, cheering each other on, getting wow. reps after reps. I mean, we have a lot of our position coaches there, too, just showing up, cheering us on. So okay. It's very motivational in the morning, for sure. You ever like wake up tired and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a battle sometimes. We always say there's this little saying, you don't have to, you get to. A lot of times you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I have to go here. But it's really just that mind shift. Yeah. Just, you get to go and you're yeah. blessed with that opportunity. Yeah. When you can switch those two words around, uh, it's pretty powerful yeah. because you're like, you, you see, it's like, well, not everyone's playing D1 football, right? Exactly. Like, and you get to do that, right? Like, you yeah. have the physical strength, you got the mobility, you got the height, you know, you got everything that to play football like that. So, um, that's a good way to put it because, yeah, there's days I wake up, I'm tired. It's like, all right, um, I didn't go work out this morning, so I feel crummy about myself, but it's like, <laughs> I did okay. I'm super sore. So it's like my body's like, uh, I'm 35 now. So I'm a little bit older than you. Um, in the fact I don't recover as fast, but yeah, that's a great, great friggin' point, man. Um, so when you move on, how long do you say you're working out for? I mean, you said there's like a six three to four hours. Yeah. So it's, it's one hours that you're like pumping weights. Yes. Well, for sure. Like we're run out one in uh, one hour of running. So we usually get to the weight room by like 7 a.m. And at that point, I mean, there's no AC in there. It's humid as crap. We have those big commercial fans. So we're just drenched in sweat. We're probably working out for a good hour, hour and a half. And then after that, you know, you always had to do extra, whether it be stretching, if it was a hard workout or if it was an arm day, you have to get some more arms in. So usually, usually get done around six. So on a light day, probably three and hours. And this is Monday through Friday? Yes. Wow. Yeah. You must be dying by the weekend, No. Oh, uh, no. Usually ready to go for the weekend activities. Yeah, sure. well, I know you're not because you got freaking a business to take care of, yeah. too. So you yeah. got you got lawns to mow. Um, and then, uh, well, what, how did you how did you get into D1 football? What what's your story? Where 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 did you start off? Where, where are you from? Yeah, so I'm from a small town near Rochester, Minnesota, okay. Pine Island. Uh, class size, about 80 people. So, okay. I mean, it's small, but I, I liked it. But um, football was never really like my top sport. I would say it was more of like a baseball guy. I really love baseball. Like down there, it's like a three season thing. I mean, you have summer baseball. Most of the time you're playing on the varsity and the junior varsity, like between like freshman and senior year, just cause there's not many guys. So you're playing like three seasons. So by my junior year of baseball, I was just burnt out. So, Dang. and at that point I probably went from like five <clears throat> eleven to like six, two. And I grew quite a bit and junior year of football. I did pretty good uh got noticed it wasn't really even i knew i wanted to play college sports but d1 wasn't really like a top goal of mine okay so und was actually the first school to reach out oh so that's a big reason why i chose them like i skipped the d2 d3 it was just right to d1 yeah so they came and watched me work out and it just gave me all the motivation to take that next step wow so what so why did you leave baseball you said you just burned out on the fact that that's all you were doing? Like, yeah. That, like yeah. it was three seasons of baseball? Yeah. And just your arm gets shot. And um, 
it was it was mostly like summer lifting. It was like lifting, then baseball, like three games a day sometimes, like a doubleheader, and then you play at night. So oh by gosh. the time you get to that older age, I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So then senior year, I just joined track to help me play football. And I was getting recruited for football hard. Baseball was kind of getting like showcase invites, like prospects. Okay. So I kind of really shifted my mindset to football. Wow. And I know, like we were talking before this, like one of my mentors, Ryan Pineda, and he was mm-hmm. playing baseball yeah. for the Fargo Redhawks. And it was just, it's just a grind. Like it, it's like it never ends. Yeah. And you're you're constantly always working on something and constantly grinding. I think I met, he mentioned, he's like, he's like, just to go up in level, you have to almost hope someone gets hurt so you get an opportunity. Um, you were at smaller high school, you mentioned. So yes. were you like a shining star in the baseball program, but then got burnt on the fact that... Yeah, not even. I just, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Okay. Um, ever since I was little, I just enjoyed baseball. I yep. loved football too. It okay. just wasn't like, I wasn't as passionate as I was now. Wow. For sure. Wow. So you made the move junior year, high school into football yes all in at that point um where were you playing then or what position where what, what um did you i figure was out? i was always a running back okay so i was a big running back six two hard to take down but i wasn't shifty i was just a straight line runner okay just trying to truck people i guess <laughs> but so i got recruited as a outside linebacker so defense for okay. UND. so it was a little intimidating going to the other side of the ball but i mean i just trusted the coach's decision right so. I suppose you you how how did they make that decision? Is it your height and your weight and your your mobility or your instinct or like how do they? You know, obviously you weren't going to be on the offensive line. You're not big enough for mm-hmm. that. But <clears throat> the running backs, I'm sure, got to be super fast forties. Yes, and uh, you know how it's like. How does that recruiter go and see? Hey, there's a great running back. He'd be a great outside linebacker. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how that <clears throat> works. I would say like when I came in. Probably five of uh, like the ten outsides were strictly like running backs. So they go, they kind of bring you to these camps and they just treat you as an athlete. Okay. So when they put you through drills, I mean, I think I only did outside here, but I did a lot of running back in other camps, and I think I only got one offer for running back. Everything else was strictly linebacker or safety. So it's kind of like, wow, I'm <clears throat> I'm going to be playing on that side, so I might as well go to the most competitive school I can. Wow. Geez, well, I guess, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a process for them. But, yeah, they yeah. identified that you're a linebacker, and you accepted that. Um, so you you got offered up here at, <clears throat> excuse me, Grand Forks, uh, the UND football program, which is doing really well now. Uh, you've probably been through all the building phase kind yeah. of of, uh, we were in the mud probably four years ago and now have really built to where we're, very competitive yeah yeah Yeah. i think when i was getting recruited that senior year they had a bunch of injuries and i think they only won like four games yeah so that first year here we made it to the playoffs first time yeah in the missouri valley so that was huge yep so ever since then it's just momentum on that uphill swing so what is that like uh behind the scenes as a d1 football player and and like was it a new coach at that point or was bubba in there i've always had bubba i think he's been here for quite a while yeah i don't remember even the length but i i should um and so what what is the mindset shift as you guys won you know you came off a bad season you were fresh into the game yeah. were they very tough that season yeah it was tough we brought in the mentality of grit like we on every single shirt it just says hashtag grit <laughs> so on everything bubba's very hard on like making our workouts tougher 
than the actual game. Okay. So he just wants a tough, hard-nosed football team. Gotcha. That are like just, you know, if the ones are out, the twos have to be just as tough. So it's got to be just constant building each other up. Wow. Well, and I'm, I'm sure that you've learned a lot of your mindset from football then. Is yes. that kind of where, how, how do you, how did you know that you were an entrepreneur then? Like, like how did you adapt the two? Yeah. So it kind of came during COVID. Okay. So interesting. We are up here. Um, we're doing spring ball. So our spring football season, we have that spring game. So that's really where you make your move in the depth chart. So we had the first half of that and spring break is kind of the midpoint. So we went home for spring break, basically long story short, never came back for COVID. And that was my freshman year. So first mm. year, uh, my first panure, I guess would have been Instacart. If you count that, it's kind of like an Uber eats. Okay. So I got to create my own schedule. I was making like 15 bucks an hour and thought I was just the best thing ever. So, I mean, age of, I was probably 18 at that point, just being able to go whenever I wanted to was just everything to me, especially when I had to like, I remember I made my own weight gym during COVID. So I grabbed like concrete, poured it in a bucket and had these like big blocks of wood as like a squat rack. So it was just like three months of just trying to innovate and get my workouts in. So just that Instacart trying to pay for rent somehow because I couldn't go back to the fitness gym that I had in Grand Forks. Yep. So I had to get my rent somehow because I already had a lease up here. And so you redshirted, COVID happened. Yeah, so I had two redshirts technically. So I redshirted and COVID year didn't count. So I could play six years, yeah. Dang, okay. So that's, I suppose that's kind of a gut punch to you as a brand new athlete. Exactly, yeah. Because you come from playing four years straight to not playing for two years. And then you come back and it's, it was almost like foreign. Like you had to learn a lot of the movement patterns. Really? Again, yeah. Because yeah, you guys, yeah. What do you What do you do? So yeah, you, exactly. Because I didn't have any indoor facilities in Minnesota, so I couldn't really. All I could do is bulk up and lift weights. Really, so, <laughs> I mean that helped a lot as well. But yeah, well, I bet you. I, I suppose a few athletes did. That. I mean, what else did you? Could you do? It's yeah, like exactly. that's it. It's like um, yeah. So that's that's an interesting path. Well, if you were pouring concrete into buckets, you should have called. You should have called, <laughs> called Mac Construction. We could have probably put you to work in the concrete field. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting timeline in business yeah. and in in sports. I mean, we'll remember that for an entire life. You lived it exactly. Um, and and so that's uh, you know that's pretty interesting. Um, what do you you know? What is Instacart? Hold on, I need to figure what that is. Yeah. So like. Uber Eats is like delivering lunches and like, that's what I think of it as like, or you can order dinner and like through the app or whatever. And I'm not, I'm a little older than you. So I need to know what some of these things are. Um, where you were like, is that where you get groceries and yeah, stuff? Yeah, exactly. You get groceries. It's like this, this app they put in, you can, you can pick your order. So like, say it's like three miles away and it's like 30 bucks. And by the end of it, you're like, ah, oh, that's not really worth it. I know Rochester pretty well. So, I mean... It was actually crazy because you get these items and you have to like scan them in through the barcode. Okay. And I knew like Aldi and Hy-Vee front to back. I knew where everything <laughs> was by that point. So you go and pick it up too. Yes. You grab it from the shelf. I'm the yeah. I'm the shopper. How they have like aisles online. I was doing everything. Like I would go there, pick it up, drive it, deliver it to their front steps. So how would they pay you? Like I, I know you said it averaged at fifteen bucks an hour. So mm. I'm sure you like that as an entrepreneur because you. The harder you work, the more you would get paid. Yeah. Um, but how, yeah, walk us through, like, how does, how does a young person go and do that and get paid? Like, how, yeah. what's, the, what's the process? 
It's it's fairly easy. I think you just have to be <clears throat> 18, but it's it is a 1099. So you get everything the day of. So I loved it oh. then, but you know you have to pay it in after. Um, good thing I deducted my miles and such, but so I didn't have to pay too much because you can depreciate the car. But, yeah, yeah. But, gotcha. Yeah. So, well, I think it's important that even at that point you started learning business. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, okay, I can deduct the car. And this problem is you go to like these H&R Block or something like that. They're like, well, I don't, you know, some are helpful, some are not, you know, but um, you start understanding the tax game. It's like, okay, I yeah. got this 1099 income, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically they just pay you exactly the gross pay. They don't take out any taxes. So when you go file with the tax man later that year, you probably got a little surprised. Yes. And uh, you're like, shoot, what do I do now? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, let's deduct the car, the cell phone, the anything I can find to deduct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you found the you found the deductions game. Um, where most W two employees, they just see a big chunk of the check leave, but they're hoping to get some of it back. Some of the people, and you're hoping to just not pay in more. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, where <clears throat> so. You have a passion for fitness. Has this been always, or has this been because of sports? Uh, mostly because of sports. I mean, I like bodybuilding, I guess. I get a lot of crap for that as well. Like, we're football players, not bodybuilders. But I love I love changing my body, like okay. making it bigger. Um, there's a passion for that as well. But mostly just getting faster and stronger. But I also, like, through – it was I kind of did this personal trainer for my public speaking – I was really bad at just getting in front of people. So I figured, and it's a group. It's like a hit. It's like group fitness. Okay. So I'm in front of everybody explaining the workouts, regressing, progressing the workouts. Okay. So it's very interesting. Um, and going from that, seeing a different population change and adapt throughout time. Because I was there for probably a year and a half straight, watching everyone cut weight. Or if they come in after an injury, oh. it's kind of interesting to like reteach them how to squat. So it's just crazy how much fitness can help your mental clarity and also just confidence overall. Right. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's super important. I was looking at some of your Instagram and I was, you know, thinking I'm a badass at CrossFit now. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty weak now. You were there. I saw some chains tied to a squatting bar. I seen uh, a lot of squats, a lot of cleans. Yep. Um, Something about the legs. Uh, you had a, you had a term in there. I don't know. Legs what it feed was. the wolves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> legs feed the wolves. I was like, my gosh, I hate squats. We did these things called wall balls yesterday. Okay. And I, uh, it was tiring. Anyway, it, it tested my my squatting ability and just throw. It's endurance. I think is a little bit what CrossFit is. Um, it's not so much heavy heavy lifting. Yeah. You do do some of it, um, but. Yeah, man, you're you're uh, you're definitely passionate about fitness now, and um, you're doing it for how many out four hours a day? I mean, really, yeah. you're, you're thinking about it or doing it? Yeah, three to four for sure. Wow, that's uh, that's cool. You can keep that through your life. I mean, that's just so important to keep your. I, you'll just appreciate it. I I don't know. I like lifting physically for me or very heavy. Like my back, I have, I was like I don't know. I've been pouring concrete probably too long too. Yeah, but. And my dad has a bad back and it's like, what do you tell people that like have injury or, you know, like I can't squat. If I put 400 pounds on the squat rack, I may be able to do one rep, but I might be in the hospital for yeah. a long time too. And uh, what, what do you tell people like that, that you train then? Yeah, I think it's a big, big theory is the progressive overload. Just starting what you, what you can start with so you can show up the next day. 
obviously you're going to get sore, but you don't want to be to the point where you can't get out of bed. Right. So a big thing we harp is like first day, focus on breathing, focus on the technique. Okay. Next week, let's amp it up a little bit and just slowly get better and better to the point where you can do all these techniques with good form and just breathe through everything and be able to push yourself harder. It's kind of different with us athletes. We already most, I'd say 90% of us had a foundational background, Okay, I would say. So for the general population, just that progressive overload, just every day getting 1% better. 1% better. I like that. Uh, is there, is there any, so, so if they get the fitness right, I mean, you guys are in the gym four hours. Mm. I cannot be in the gym longer than an hour just because of what, like what I have going on in business today in life. And you add some kids to the mix. It's yeah. like, where did the day go? Um, but what else, you know, what else like food wise, like you gotta, you gotta eat right. Like what, do, how do you, how do they train you in football and how can it adapt to someone like listening to this? Yeah, we have a, uh, we have some resources for that, for like a nutritionalist and stuff. If right. you have problem, um, I grew up with a dad as a chef, so I kind of know a little bit about it. <laughs> I love taking classes like that and watching YouTube videos on like nutritional value, but they teach us just protein, protein, protein. I mean, like we have to rebuild. We put so much stress on our body that we have to get all of the protein and all of the hydration. Those are the two words, protein, hydration, and sleep. Biggest three things for me. Got it. So I'm just curious, right? Like I'm, I'm drinking protein shakes, you know, I probably get 40 grams from that or something. And then, um, lunches all, I don't know. I don't eat enough. I probably, but I eat protein bars that I don't know if are healthy or not, but, um, how do you, how do you get, I I don't know what your weight and and what you eat for protein, but how do you, how do you get that? How do I get it? How do you get your protein? Yeah. How do you make sure you get it every day? I'm a big protein guy, like protein scoops, protein. I like the fair life from Sam's club. Oh yeah. So So just anything on the go. I'm huge with that, especially like mowing. Like I have to get it in routinely. I'm a big timing guy too. Not a lot of people believe in that, but I do. Just making sure that I have a bunch of small meals instead of three big ones, especially as an athlete. You don't want to be overly bloated. Like if you eat at 10 p.m. and you run the next morning, it could be bad news for that, especially if it's conditioning (laughs) day. So... So, so how are you, how are you, you're drinking these shakes? How, how many shakes are you drinking in these Fairlife? Like, oh, I mean, you must have stock in it by now. Yeah. Well, we have, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I probably drink like two extra shakes a day. I would say just like simple 30 gram protein shakes. Um, but in the morning after runs and lifts, like there's always just a bunch of guys in the nutrition shack, just throwing bananas, yogurts, peanut butter, anything, chocolate milk, protein, just a big shake. And we all share it. We have just a blender in the weight room. So we usually do like a three person shake. I don't even know how many calories are in there, but I can never get all the weight on. So, right. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, what is it? Is it one ounce of protein per weight? Is it one to one? I think it's one gram of protein per kilogram. It might be body weight too, but I mean, it'd be a lot. Yeah. It'd be like 200 grams. Well, I like listen to like Alex Hormozzi, if you know who that is. And he's like, well, I eat two pounds of meat. That's what I need. I need 200 grams of protein per day. He's like almost 200 pounds, whatever. And he's like, oh, I eat two chicken breasts every day. He eats like the same things because just timing wise, then he doesn't have to figure out. He also dresses the same every day. Yeah. Which is a little weird, but for him, it's working. Yeah. Uh, But he's eating two chicken breasts and then like, then he eats dessert, whatever he wants to eat to yeah. fill his rest of his calories. It's kind of interesting. So, but 
protein shakes are a good one. Um, yes. Not everyone like it. I would say if you haven't had the Fairlife ones from like a Sam's Club or whatever, they're like the best. Yes. I don't know what they have in those for protein, but it doesn't feel like you're drinking 30 grams of protein. No, not at all. Um, but they're expensive. So that's why I bought. I asked you if you bought stock in there. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> or if we can sponsor that. Yeah, exactly. We, we'll be, uh, he'd be a good Fairlife uh, advertiser if he could. So, um, well, that's, that's awesome. Um, so what else in fitness is like, you know, people struggle with it. Like mm -hmm. they can't get a mindset to like turn it on. Like I know you're turning it on for four hours a day. How can someone just turn it on for one hour a day? Stay consistent. What, you know, what have you seen that worked since you've been a trainer? You must've seen people being inconsistent. Yeah. What is it usually lack thereof or? Yeah. It's a lot of them? lack of, I mean, obviously motivation, but I would say more so discipline. Okay. Um, a lot of it's hard to start. I hear a lot of comments in the weight room like where I'm going like in the fit body. Um, a lot of comments of people like getting into groups. They have like group chats and I'm in it. And the other day somebody was like, how do I come back to the gym? I was just on vacation. It's like the least of my worries. And everyone's like, just do it for us. I mean, you have to have those partners. And those gym partners are the biggest thing, especially with football, we're kind of forced to do it. But right. I feel like out of football, I'm still going to have that go-to guy where I'm showing up because we're doing this together. So, so a coach accountability partner. Exactly. Um, I know I do that a lot. And uh, I think anything you want to do in life, if like now that I'm doing CrossFit, there's always a trainer there. Yes. Yeah. They just push you so much more. They're going to, on the days you don't feel like working out, which they happen, we're human. Um, they push you through that and you always feel good when you're done. Yeah, um, exactly. But if it's just yourself pushing you, it's tough. It is. It really I, is. I mean, so, so what are you going to do? You're going to go find like after football's done, you're say you're three kids in what you're just going to continually keep having a trainer of some sort or a coach. I think so. I don't know. I, I want, or you're going to be the coach. I, I was going to say, I like being in that role um, okay. for the longest time. My goal is to be a collegiate strength coach. Yep. So I want to get my CSCS, which is this, the college strength coach conditioning. Um, but I mean, I kind of got into house hacking per se. Yeah. Uh, we can get into that later, but that kind of changed my perspective, I guess, just not being able to pay for rent at all. And it just, I felt like me as a competitive athlete, I needed something a little bit more scalable. So I feel like in the future, a good plan for me would be just owning a gym and then doing some training on the side. Yeah. Um, you're, so you're going to, you're going to try and scale that or through like, you're going to train outside linebackers and what they should be doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. Have the too. only outside video linebacker scalable model. So you can sell it nationwide yeah. <laughs> to all these D one schools. Like this is exactly what you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, that'd be good. It's, a, it's interesting that you're always talking about scaling, but I, I think it's, you know, it's going to be super helpful. So you developed this mindset probably through sports to be an entrepreneur and, and, when COVID happened, you know, you mentioned that what, you know, what, what keeps you motivated? Like now, nowadays, like we're out of COVID you're in football. Why are you doing all these other things? Because football is, you're busy, dude. Mm -hmm. And and you're going to get your masters, which we'll talk about too. You got lawn mowing business. You got, you got being a physical trainer, like, how are you doing all this? Like, what, like what, how do you get that mindset to want to do all that? Yeah, I think I just come with a little bit of 
I think the right word's humility. Like I always just get, I don't like being comfortable. I guess I should say that. So I always, when I get to one milestone, I'm like, well, that was kind of easy. Let's think bigger. I like, um, I think you posted about the 10X rule. Mm-hmm. I think of that as like a smaller scale sometimes. So at this age, you can only do so much. So I know with my business, my labor costs, just like when I hit one scale, it's like, well, I don't even want to work for that anymore. Let's go to a different one. Let's go bigger projects, bigger projects. So just stuff like that, especially with football as well. So how, do you, how does your mindset work then? How are you leveling up? You're like, okay, I hit mile one. I want to figure out how do I get to the mile two or how do I get another employee? What, wh- why do you always want more? Is that just, uh, it's just a hunger thing? Yeah, it's just natural. Um, there's this guy I follow called Nick Bear. He always says, go one more. And I think that just sticks with me too. Always can do one more thing. Like you do one thing one day, you know it's, you're capable of doing it, so why not add on more? Right, so. yeah. Always one more, one more rep, one more, you know, I think Tony Robbins and all those. So you're following a big group of guys. Is this come in the locker room at all? Like, does everyone think you're a little crazy? <laughs> sometimes I get, I get some <laughs> comments for sure. Especially, I mean, you got to sacrifice sometime. Like you can't always be with your friends or anything. I remember the first time I hired a football player this year. He was like, after the day, he's like, I understand why you don't want to hang out with us ever. I mean, this is a tiring like it was a 10 hour day just raking up leaves like it's tiring so you just want to go home and sleep so i mean i get a lot of crap for that sometimes but mostly like good good feedback they're respecting yes exactly. i'm I'm sure what you do and i i thought you know i thought football players just played football and then and then uh partied all winter you know yeah that was the deal (laughs) back when i was in college they were doing that but you know i'm glad that you're you're not following the common path you're following the path of least comfortable yeah um you talk about that. I, I'd say you're, you know, you're unique in that, right? Like yeah. all your, your, your coaches probably know that you're doing all these things. It's like, how are you, how are you? I want to talk about time management a little bit and, yeah. and, and know we wanted to talk about that. And how are you, how do you manage? I, I know you talked about the timing is of everything is important to you. How do you structure your day then? Like, and, and how do you find success from that? Like, how did you find the perfect you must be in a groove right now. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest thing is I prioritize things, I guess. Like there are some non-negotiables, which is football and school. So I have to be there at six to nine. You know, I have to be at school from six to 10. So it's really just fitting in there. And it's, it's a lot of like going with the flow as well. I'm a big going with the flow guy. Um, so my time management, I mean, if like this week I had like a final project and on Tuesday, so yesterday, and then tomorrow is going to be a uh, midterm. So, I mean, the good thing about football is there's always guys that want to work. So, I mean, I sent one guy out right now because just trying to mitigate my tasks, I guess. Just Well, so you had time to be on, on the show today. Exactly. I, uh, <laughs> like I said, I don't know how you're weighing your time, but you're, you're figuring out how to delegate. Mm-hmm. Um, when you delegate something, is, is there a process for him? Does he know what's going on? Yeah. Or do yeah. you hand him the weed whacker and, and the mower and like... Yeah, I usually... I mean, I don't give him like anything crazy. I always just go with the no bags, just simple lawns. So, I mean, most of the guys have been with me before or okay. they have experience around it. So you got new guys coming in all the time. I mean, it may change. Mm-hmm. And maybe a guy helps you twice and then never helps you again type thing. You yeah. Know? Is there, you know, how do you delegate? How do you delegate that task then? 
it's just uh, a lot of it's first come first serve for them. Okay. So I mean, a lot of people love to work on the football team. Okay. There's not a lack of that. A lot of people are asking, "Hey, can I get a job?" And it's like, "Well, I can give you ten hours a week." Yeah. And so some people they love it because they can go golf and stuff, or they have another job they're just looking for a extra filler. Oh, so. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you kind of you, you kind of know their their mindsets and their work ethic, so you can pick through for sure. We got a lot of guys that are willing to do it. So. So Josh is over on the side of the uh, the gym looking at the new freshman coming in. Like, <laughs> exactly. dang, he might. He could mow lawns. Yeah. He's ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> see, I like that. Yeah. I, maybe maybe I should come watch and just see uh, see if we can find out some new concrete guys because yeah. that's uh, we always need the ambitious ones. And you make a lot of money in the blue collar. There's not enough. There's jobs dying every day. Uh, uh, there's not enough service people. There's not enough blue collar people in this space. So it's a great way to make money if you want to be physical in football and, and have a physical job. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people making decent incomes. I mean, you, you find lawn services today that people just don't want to do it or things are getting more expensive because now there's just not as enough, enough people, especially in North Dakota. Yeah. So yeah, sure. find farming community. What, uh, so you're doing a lot of college too. I want to talk about this. Um, want to challenge you a little bit on your college uh, because what you know you're an entrepreneur so it's not common I'm just going to say it's not common it's not that it doesn't happen and a lot of you a lot of what you do is uncommon I think um, what why do you go why are you going to get your master's um well I just wanted to one I guess all my background was exercise science so I have that down to a T so I wanted to learn the foundational, like accounting principles, um, management, marketing. Um, I wouldn't say you're necessarily learning how to run Google ads or anything like that, obviously, but you're learning how like branding is important. You're learning all the definitions, which it's nice to know for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you can apply it. I apply quite a bit, I okay. would say, but uh, mostly football. I mean, a lot of it's, I want to still play football Okay. and I don't want to take the undergrad. I want to keep building my knowledge and i felt like the masters was the best way to do that you level you leveled up yeah it's like i'm not gonna go get another undergrad minor or something you yeah, know exactly. you're gonna you're gonna go right to the peak so uh just because most people probably in your and it's it's i think it makes more sense now that you mentioned you just want to play football longer is this your last year of football then or would you have two years left i have two years left okay undecided on the last one okay. i'll be done with my master's so then it leaves me in a weird space where i'm really going to school just for football which i mean Got i'm it. not opposed to doing because you can only play it once right and that's the biggest thing on my mindset right now but it really depends on where the team needs me Got I guess, it. as well where, where does school where does school take you next then or like what would you do if you if you did more schooling I don't even know. I might concentrate. Like you can co- add like nine credits on. So like I would do, do like a business analytics and look more in interpreting data and stuff. Okay. Okay. So. Are you, uh, do you get a full ride then? Are you paying for school right now or uh, mm. what, what does that look like? Yeah, I'm not paying for school um, at all. Uh, sometimes if your scho- scholarships fluctuate, I guess, depending on the recruiting class. Okay. So sometimes you usually get a check. So your your scholarship goes above the oh. actual tuition. Gotcha. Um, so sometimes you get a check and you can reinvest that in your business. Um, wow. Sometimes if the recruiting's not there, but yeah, I'm not paying for school. Wow. Well, so. I think that 
this is all making more sense why you would stay in school. Yeah. And you're, you're getting a really good education. You're able to do football where you're passionate about. Um, you're developing a mindset that I think every 20-year-old, you know, and beyond should have or mm-hmm. get. Um, now, now sports and, you know, I don't even think, you know, you started with baseball, you went into football, um, you learned from these sports. You see a lot of people though, fall off in the sports category. Like, like you graduate D one football. I don't know if you're going to try for the NFL or not, you know, or if that's how you even go about that, but you just fall off Mm. and it's like, you're not going to get paid anymore from that. So then what's next Do a lot of athletes. You know, I, I, here's what I see is I see people going to school to almost procrastinate yeah. because they don't know what they want to do. Right. Um, and they're not playing football. They're not doing anything. They're just going to school yeah. to basically try and figure out life. Hey, that's fine. But I don't know if you get a business management degree, I'm still 12 credits away. So I can't, I don't even have a degree. Yeah. Still, what are you going to do with your life when it's done? Like they still don't, they go into the job market and they, get a job for a big corporation and it's like, yeah, sure. 60 grand a year. And you know, are you happy? Cause most like I'm hiring people, like I don't even base it on their education. I base it off a, a, a disc or a personality assessment and who they are as a person. Yeah. Do they have some grit? Do they have different things? You know? Um, so I just, yeah, I, it's interesting your mindset towards this and, um, really what, uh, I, I just, like I said, I, I don't want to see kids go to school to procrastinate anymore. I think the education, I think colleges are getting challenged in the fact that people don't need degrees to go get really good jobs nowadays. Yep. You're going to go probably do your own thing when you finish college. Oh, yeah. That sure. might be as soon as next year. Yeah. And are you ready for that? Yeah, I would feel like I'm ready. I don't know what I'm going to do, but <laughs> I'm ready to tackle anything that comes my way, I guess. So... What's one thing you're really good at? I love finding deals and negotiating, I guess. I'm, I guess I'm good at marketing myself as well as, I guess. What do you mean marketing on. yourself? Just branding my company, I guess. I don't spend many, like much money on it. I actually have zero leverage at all in my company, which is unique. One thing I maybe would go back and do would leverage it a little bit. And I'm all cash. <laughs> Even like my insurance and my, yeah, all my insurance just paid out in front. I just, I don't like that feeling um, with that at least. Cause I know it's, it might not be my end goal in 10 years is to have a lawn and landscaping company. Okay. So are you going to, are you going to scale it and sell it? Or are you just, is it just a way to produce some cash for now? It started out just getting capital for real estate. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Um, now that I've gotten my clientele up and I have a lot of like one-time services, I feel like it'd be hard to let go right away. So maybe the next couple of years I'll make a run for it. Yep. Um, I have a lot of buddies that are like freshmen wanting to like buy it from me and stuff already. <laughs> but uh, besides that, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to selling it for sure. Yeah. Well, it's just, you don't know what you're going to do, mm. but you love deals and negotiating. That's, I think the entrepreneurial mindset, like that's, what I love doing. Yeah. Um, I would love when I started out, you know, I went and bought a house uh, with my fiance. I sold her car to buy the house and then we had some money and, and uh, I started a business. I was like, oh, well, I know construction, right? Like I, I grew up dad doing that. That's kind of my path into it. And then I was like, I quit the W2 job. Mm. 
Um, I was working next to my dad forever. I had a W two job for a year because, of course, you bought heads with dad, and and I just went back to construction because it was what I loved doing. Um, um, and so, any entrepreneur out there, you have to, you know, if you love what you do, you're not working a day in your life. I think it was like that for me for for a long time. I went back to construction. I made good money doing it. Yeah. I think it's gonna be hard for you to pull from lawn and landscape without. You're probably. This is just my opinion. You're probably going to try to level up somehow. You're going to try to do springs. You're going to offer more services, like you said. Um, my guess is you'll do some kind of physical training in the morning and try to run this business too, because that's what you've done for cash. Um, I think you know we're getting into real estate now because you're producing cash for these to produce the real estate. But most people don't understand that you can't just go into real estate to make money. Yeah. You, it doesn't make any money right away. You you literally buy the real estate with the businesses creating cash, and then you dump it in real estate, and you get depreciation and all the tax benefits, and you know hopefully future passive cash flow. Because it's not like you're living off the cash flow. Let's talk a bit a little bit about your real estate because yeah. I think it's important. Just as you align with your future, it's like you got to love what you're passionate about, and I. You have a lot of passion for fitness and yeah. <laughs> it's it's gonna be hard to get around that. The problem with fitness is it's harder to produce money. Yes. Right? Exactly. It's hard to scale. It's uh Alex Hermosi, we were talking about him. He figured out how to do gym launch. He figured out how to supply the supplements, you know, and and he knew how to brand. Mm -hmm. So you talk about all the right things. Um fitness is a challenging one because it's a saturated area. Um so anywho, I I just wanted to, let's talk about a little bit about your real estate and we'll kind of back it up with these businesses and how you're producing cash to, to make them. Yeah. Um, cause I think everyone should be starting young thinking about not how to get into real estate, but how do I produce businesses that make cash so I can actually do the real estate? It's not one before the other. It can be, uh, if you're a flipper and a construction guy, but I, I don't know. Um, so how are you doing real estate? Let's just talk about that. You're 22 years old. When did you get passion for real estate? Yeah. And and why? Yeah, my first one actually was when I was 20. And it was my single family house, five bed, two bath. Um, Where at? Grand Forks, over off uni. Just okay. Way down by the new Walmart, actually. So um, basically, I was presented a weird opportunity. Um, one of my best friends, my roommates, he entered the portal to transfer, so we went down to Moorhead. His dad owned the house. So we're living there for very cheap, um, and he said, hey, if any of your parents want to buy the house, I'll sell it to them for under market because I feel really bad for doing this to you guys. So I told my mom, I was like, hey, do you guys, guys want to buy this? And she's like, no, but let's run the numbers, and you should. So I was kind of like intimidated right away for sure. Uh, gave me a lot of stress, but once we ran the numbers – I felt comfortable doing it, especially I, I, I didn't really want to go into that space, I guess, until I saw the dividends coming and piling in, but I definitely watched YouTube on it and such. So YouTube university. Yeah. So how did you figure out how to run the numbers? Cause I think that's confusing for a lot of young people that like, where did you start? Where yeah. Yeah. Well, he was very informative too. He sent all of the utility bills over. Um, we split those anyways, but he sent um, the mortgage and what he paid, but my mom ran uh, amortization schedule. So we figured out what our debt payments would be, um, if it was realistic for us to charge that much per bedroom 
for our roommates because yeah. I still wanted it to be cheap for them. Yep. So it's kind of in a weird situation because we were paying two eighty, and that's very cheap for a college house um, with no utilities too. Wow. So it was cool. it was crazy. So going to that, I was kind of put in that situation where do I charge a market? Do I charge them under? I decided to tar- charge them under and just make just barely each month. Yep. But even doing that, going from paying to paying down the equity on the house and just living for free is just huge for me. Well, you, you, you've seen the backside of it now, yeah. right? Like, wow. Um, what happens if you held that thing forever? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, do you need to sell it ever? Yeah. Not, not really. Yeah. My goal is to pick out a good group of freshmen my fifth year. <laughs> be like, hey, you guys want to live here for four years? At least I know who's there for four years. Yeah. And after that, I can decide. It's good to have options, I guess. So. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, so it's super important, I think. And, and so that's how you dabbled into real estate. You partnered with your mom mm-hmm. um, and uh, friends and family. That's if you're young, most of our parents weren't told to go buy investment property. They just weren't. Yeah. And it's, and it's outside the norm. I think it's talked about more today than it ever has, but you'll find so much that kids, young kids out there, they just follow their parents' roots, right? Like dad knows best. Mom knows best. It's like, they might just pour it in their 401k every year. And it's like, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the best method. Yeah. If you're curious about real estate investing, which you should be, which you literally did one home with five bedrooms, you say? Yep, five bed. And you're, you're house hacking. So you, yes. you leased out every bedroom that pays the mortgage. They're paying the payment for you. Your cost of living hopefully should be, you know, I'm sure you're still paying rent, um, but cost of living should be lower. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I think on my tax returns the whole year, I, I made $100. So I was like, I was barely breaking even, just barely made $100. So, yep. so I mean, it was way worth it for me. For well, you sure. get to depreciate it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so there's a... It's kind of fun when you get to depreciate an appreciating asset. Mm. <laughs> That's when the game gets fun. You yeah. know, it's just like you start realizing it's like, wow, I actually, I think I made money, but on paper, I actually like didn't make any money. Yeah. Um, and so, so now, now you have the real estate bug. Yes. We'll just call it the real estate bug. Um, you got some businesses producing cash. Um, I should say business. You're doing the training. That's, is that 1099 as well? Or nope. is that, okay. Yeah. So that's hourly. Yeah. Um, but you got, what, what are you looking for now? Where, where do you want to go in the real estate world? Yeah. I, I mean a little bit, like a little part of me wants to be a flipper for a little bit, get a little risky, get some foreclosures. Um, but I do need to get quite a bit of capital for that, I guess. So with that triplex on East Grand, that was kind of a flip, I should say. I mean, it was, we gutted the whole thing, renovated ourselves. There was a lot of, let's say, learning points there for sure. So what did we learn? What did we learn? Let's just look at it as a hundred yard or a hundred mile overview. What did we learn there? How, what did we learn? Yeah. Uh, well, for me first. You partnered with some guys yep. or, or you bought it? Okay. Yeah. My best friend, uh, he graduated from Drake down in Des Moines. Okay. So, so me and him went 50-50 on it. Cool. I kind of do the operations. He does the financials. Got it. So. Okay. You guys know that's the first thing about partnership. Mm-hmm. Each one has a specific task or a specific area they work on. Yeah. Good? Yeah. And the biggest thing I guess I would learn, and he showed me a lot of this. I mean, I was I had a single family at the time, but I was blind to a lot of this. Um, biggest thing would be the negotiation. I mean, there's just a lot of things that you can negotiate on a real estate deal that I didn't know. I guess. And especially I thought after the offer, it was just done deal. But I mean, he, after the inspection negotiation, after this negotiation, um, and we were going, we got pre-approved for our loan 
and they actually backed out the day before the bank did. So we were mm. sitting there thinking, you know, what should we do? So we were about we were about to pull out because it took us so long to get a loan. Two twenty-one year olds trying to get a loan for a house. Yeah, it's so, not easy, is it? Yeah, it's not. It's not, not, especially investment property, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So he like talked to his mentors, did some research, and he said, you know, this is a perfect op- opportunity for a contract for deed, and that's what we settled on. So learned a lot about that as well. So a little bit. I don't know if you'd call it creative financing, but yeah. definitely. I you hey. When you're young, there's going to be problems with the finance side, and exactly. especially in a time like this, contraction, right? The banks are tightening up. Yeah, that's what's happening. You, which is funny that you. So this is making a deal. So this is like your niche. Like yeah. you, we just solve problems for sellers. You got ten thousand baby boomers retiring every day. What can you do? You can literally. They want price though, right? Yeah. But they're willing to give some terms. Um. Well, hopefully if they're not willing to give price and, or, you know, they can have price, but we get terms. Yeah. They got to take a little chance on us too. And, um, we're putting some risk out there, but it's, that's, it's totally creative finance. I mean, and every 20 year old, 18 year old can go and try and do this. Give that baby boomer what they want. You can buy business this way. You can buy real estate this way. Just creatively get it done. You might have to give them a little higher price even. Yeah. to let them take a chance on you. But that's how you build, you know, right as a 20-year-old. Like, yeah. I wish I would have done that when I was 20 because I didn't understand the game either. I didn't know that I didn't know that I could just go and negotiate with them. You yeah. just don't think of that, right? Like, um, we negotiate on car prices all the time. We negotiate on all these different prices, but we never think about it with real estate because then we're like, wow, I'm going to be 200000 in debt. Like, that's how some people think. Yeah. It's like, I have millions of dollars of debt today yeah. it's like doesn't bother me one iota what bothers me is a loan on you know someone 20 year old's car that they're paying seven percent interest on so mm-hmm. like, that's what bothers me um so yeah well and, and so you learn the pro now you really got the itch though on yes. this triplex because yeah. you're like all right we did this deal so contract for deed what what was the setup i guess just broadly yeah, I think it was like a three-year deal, three-year contract. So we're coming up on a year and a half here. So we kind of have to figure out our options if we want to sell. I mean, it is on the market, um, but we're not like forcing it. We okay. would, we'd love to refinance too if if it came to it. Yep. Kind of, I don't know what we'd put it into right away. Probably another flip. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Too, we love risk. I should say that. We Both love of us. We we really feed on each other, and I mean, this opportunity was brought to me. We had potential deer deals in Fargo, okay, but we didn't really like that it was down that far with my schedule yeah. in Des Moines. Um, we were about to write an offer on this one, and they just accepted one like an hour earlier. Okay, so okay, so then I found this one, and you know how they always have on the descriptions like an incredible investment opportunity, blah, blah blah. And I just sent it to him for giggles. I was like, hey, let's look at this. He's like, you know what? Let's hop on a Zoom right now. This actually works perfect. So then I was like, you're kidding. We go to the place (laughs) and I mean, I was like, I can't believe it's this like cheap to the realtor, my realtor. And he's like, you'll see, just wait. And I was like, oh crap. We walk in. I mean, it just needs so much work. And I remember calling him and I was like, we 
cannot do this deal. We're not following through with this. And I got convinced to go into it. So it worked out perfectly. I wouldn't say perfectly, but it worked out great as our first deal together. So yeah. I'm looking forward to a lot more with him. Yeah, good, man. No, that's, uh, well, it sounds like you're, you're, it's your best friend, but he's mm. pushing you too. Yeah. Um, and you like to be pushed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, uh, dude, keep, keep it going. Uh, under, everyone should understand house hacking. If I was 20 again, I wish I would have house hacked. Um, I sold my fiance's car for six grand. I got a check from Obama because uh, the housing market was so dry. No one was buying in 08 and 09 recession. Mm. Um, I had 14 grand in my pocket, literally in a recession and started my business. Yeah, <laughs> and it's been you know decent ever since. It, a grind. I mean, you got to get gritty when you're in business because yeah. there's a lot of bad days, there's a lot of failures, and there's a lot of learning. But if you can pound through that, be resilient. Don't. I think even in a branding or in business, judgment holds a lot of people back. Like, what happens if I fail? Yes. It's like yeah. you know what? Live from it, learn from it, and and move on. So. You can, yeah, man. You're you're doing a great job, though. At 22, you should be you should be pretty proud of yourself um, and what you've accomplished, especially playing football and getting your masters. Um, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I uh, you, you're inspiring me. Um, so what, you know, what other advice would you have if you're like someone young listening to this? What what advice would they have during their 20s? Yeah, I see. I think the biggest thing that stands out. A lot of us have the same mindset, I feel like, especially with all the content getting pushed. It's just not many of us act upon it, I would mm. say. Yep. Just taking that one step, whether it be flipping couches like Ryan. <laughs> yep. just, it just starting small and getting bigger, it's just so addicting. Yep. So yep. I would just say take action. Take action. Yeah, there's a lot of planning going on, but not a lot of action getting yeah. taken at the end of the day. And, and if you can... I, I mean, when I was in my construction career starting up, just thinking about it, it's like all I did was action. There was very little plan. Like, I don't even know if it's going to work. Yeah. But I'm going to give her smoke, you know? And I, I had a, a little plan in place and like just 14 hours a day. Let's just keep it rolling. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's not enough people on that side of the thing. And you take action, a lot of things can happen. Yeah. Um, you got to, what's your biggest fear? Oof. As an entrepreneur, you got you don't have any. You sound pretty strong as a football player, so I need to break you down. Biggest fear, I mean, I don't want to say failing because I'm not afraid of failing. That's every entrepreneur's fear. <laughs> I don't like failing. I don't like losing. But biggest fear, that's a tough one. Um, biggest fear as an entrepreneur. Well, you can just give me your biggest fear. It could be snakes. I don't know. Whatever you want to tell me. <laughs> What do you want to tell me how I break down Josh right now? Um, probably not reaching my true potential. Okay. I would say. Cool. Yeah. So is that, uh, what, what is your full potential? What, what's your dream of what, where do you see yourself in like 10 years then? I'm going to get you a little further in that where, you know, what would be your full potential in, in 10 years from today? I 32 want, year old yeah. Jake, Josh, sorry. Um, I guess I want like the rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki, the investor. I want to get to that point where I'm hands off if I want to be like, say I want to go do something with my wife at the time. I want to be able to have that flexibility. And I think that would be my true potential and also not risking my fitness at all as well. So especially because that's a big part of my life. So balancing the two as well as getting to the top for my wealth game. Nice. I love that. That's, uh, that's good. I think if any 
22 year olds hearing that, I mean, that's it should inspire you to hopefully, if you haven't read Rich Dad Poor Dad, please read yes. it. Um, and, and take action, build a lifestyle that you want to live in mm-hmm. the future. Um, delay the gratification would be yes. something that is so powerful because everyone wants instant gratification. I don't know what you drive. I didn't see what you pulled up in, but it's like, <laughs> my guess is that you're investing everything into your future, not yep. into right now. Yep. And if you can do that when you're young, I did that when I was young, it pays dividends when you're 30. 35, you know, it's like, I, I blow myself away. Cause I never thought I would hit here. And I was like, God, when I get there, then I'm good. You don't do that as an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. There's another level. There's no stopping. <laughs> um, well, I got one last question for you. What does unfollow the herd mean to you? Yeah. I've been thinking about this. I think I'm going to go a different way with the route. Let's do it. Especially as an athlete. Um, for example, I guess my definition would be just doing that extra thing. Like I said earlier, going one more. The herd is the standard, I guess, and I want to set a new standard for myself. So whether that be do one extra exercise or one extra stretch, work one extra hour, just doing all that pays dividends. And by the time you'll be above the herd, I guess I should say. There you go. Find your uh, one-up yourself every single day. And if you can do that, I mean, if you can do 13 reps, I know you can do 14. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so no man i appreciate you josh this is awesome how do we how do we learn a little more about you and and what you're you, you know are you on instagram or where, where do we find your brand yeah most of my instagram and twitter and linkedin is just straight up josh navratil navratil is an n-a-v-r-a-t-i-l yeah i didn't say it because i would have blown that up yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm glad you you said it so um are you you active on there every day are you branding yourself um how do you you know where, where do you do your lawn company how do they company, find more about that? Yeah, that one's going to be Cutting Edge Resources on Facebook. Okay, cool. And uh, you post every day on there? Not every day. That's something I need to get better at for sure. So he'll, he's going to post twice a day from now on. He just said yeah. that because um, I need to one-up him. Yeah. And uh, Josh, I appreciate it, man. This should be inspiring for a lot of young people, um, athletes. You're you're a shining star on the D, you know UND football team. Um, hopefully they can root for you on the field. Make sure you're at Dolores. Oh, yeah. And uh, you guys got a good good team plan so far? Yes, for sure. You, you guys are grinding. So uh, appreciate you having on. Hopefully we can follow up in like a year. I'd like to see where you're at. Yeah, of course. You're going to be in a me. weird spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Appreciate you. Yep. Thank see you. See you.